Today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. You can't get involved in missions if you're not prospering. You can't help others if you're not prospering. Amen? So prosperity, according to the Word of God, is part of our inheritance. It's part of, of, of why Jesus went to the cross and gave His life that we might be redeemed. And one of the things we're redeemed from is poverty, praise God. All right, Mark chapter 10. This is the foundation scriptures that the Lord gave me back in October regarding the prophetic word for the maximum and the highest level attainable. Now let's, let's not read all of it since we've already done that in some of the previous services, but let's just go down to verse 28. Let me just uh, clarify it with this. You remember Jesus was approached by a rich young ruler, wanted to know what he had to do to inherit eternal life. Jesus said, sell what you have, give to the poor. The man walked away grieved at that saying because he had great possessions and he wasn't willing to release any of them. You've heard me say it before. I'm going to repeat it again. If you can't give away something that God's blessed you with, then you don't have it. It has you. Amen. Amen. And so that was this man's problem. Now, uh, Jesus told him, you, you, he said, you know the commandments. The man said, yes, I've kept them all my life. Now, that's the reason why he was a rich man, because he kept the commandments. But he wasn't willing to let go of something that God had blessed him with. And there are a lot of Christians that have that problem today. You know, if you, once again, if you can't give it away when God asks you to, then you don't really have it. It has you. Amen. I refuse to allow anything to uh, be attached to me that I'm not willing to give away. Amen. And I've proven it to the Lord over the years. I've given away cars. I've given away motorcycles. I've given away airplanes. Uh, I've given away clothes. Uh, you know, I've had people bless me with brand new suits and I didn't even get to wear them. God said, uh, now you have something that you can give to that preacher. I, I've had that happen. I mean, I mean, I didn't even get to wear it. God said, uh, make it a twice sown seed. Amen. That's the reason that Carol and I are so blessed today. Amen. We don't approach giving as a one-time event in our life. It's a lifestyle. Amen. A lifestyle. And so this is the basis upon which God is promising people that are willing to give of what they have when he asks for it, then he promises they shall receive in this time or as another translation says, in this present age, a hundredfold. Now, some translations use the phrase a hundred times, but I find a lot of Christians struggle with that. And uh, so the Lord taught me years ago, instead of saying hundredfold, even though I, I know that it works because it's worked for me many times, okay? 
But he said, in teaching it, just tell people to think of it in these terms. Hundredfold is symbolic of maximum and the highest level attainable. So say that with me, the maximum and the highest level attainable. Now that's what Jesus is promising you in this life. The maximum and the highest level attainable. Now, let's look at verse 28. Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and saith, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left all. And he went on to explain some things there. And then verse 30 says, But he shall receive. In other words, he's saying, there's, there's not anyone who's been willing to leave all who shall not receive. No one in God's kingdom, in God's way of doing things, has been willing to give all that he asks you to give without a return. Amen. Well, I know people, well, you know people who didn't stand for it. You were about to say, I know people who haven't received a return on their giving. No, you know people who didn't stand for it. Okay, I'll try this side of the auditorium. You know people who didn't last, who didn't continue to stand, who gave up. Now, I can either believe what people say I can believe what Jesus says, and if I've got a choice, I'm picking Jesus. Because yes. he doesn't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. Yes. Can you say amen? amen? Now, we have a lot of critics that, that, you know, are constantly on our case for preaching prosperity. It's amazing to me that a preacher will stand up and say, we don't believe in that prosperity message and then receive an offering. Amen. That's double-mindedness. That's speaking with a forked tongue. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Prosperity is how we get things done. It's how you further the kingdom of God in the earth. Amen. The Bible says, that God delights in the prosperity of his servants. Well, I don't want to rob him of any joy. How about you? Amen. Amen. You, can't, you can't build a new building if you're not prospering. You can't get involved in missions if you're not prospering. You can't help others if you're not prospering. Amen. So prosperity, according to the word of God, is part of our inheritance. It's part of 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 why Jesus went to the cross and gave his life that we might be redeemed. And one of the things we're redeemed from is poverty, praise God. Amen. Amen. So if you struggle with prosperity, just go back and read your Bible sometime. Because <laughs> the Bible says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen? Amen? To prosper and to be in health. Praise God. When you're prospering and you're in health, then you're useful to the kingdom of God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? 
So notice Jesus said, he shall receive. Now in this story, and I, I want to read some of my notes that I, I wrote down last night. In this story, we find this rich young ruler walked away grieved at what Jesus told him to do because in his mind, the cost seemed too high. He wasn't willing to surrender his life fully and completely. At this point, Jesus reveals to his disciples that those who are willing to make this kind of commitment will eventually receive back far more than they were willing to give. You could say that the theme of this story is the gain of giving all. The gain of giving all. No wonder when Peter heard these words, he responded by saying, and I'm paraphrasing, we've done that. We, we've done what you just asked this rich young ruler to do. We've done that. And Jesus responded with, you shall receive back a whole lot more, I'm paraphrasing, than you were willing to give. Amen. Amen. Tremendously more than you were willing to give. The Passion Translation adds this, Jesus said to him, I assure you, I assure you. Now you have God's assurance that if you're willing to make the commitment that everything you have is at God's disposal if he so desires, if he asks for it. Amen? Carolyn and I have been living this way. Uh, next month will be 54 years. Amen? And we can say, we can say that Jesus has kept his word. He has assured us and we have seen it happen, praise God. In fact, uh, I just feel like, man, I'm, in the last couple of years, I just feel like I've been born again, again. It's just, it's, God's just done some amazing things, hallelujah. And I believe the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Now, once again, giving once does not entitle you to maximum. We're talking about lifestyle here. When, the, when Jesus used the phrase, or when Peter used the phrase and then Jesus repeated it, we have left all. That, that's talking about a deep commitment to walk away from everything if God so desires. He's not asking everybody to leave their father, leave their mother, leave their brother, leave their sister, leave their wife, leave their house. He may require that from some people, but he doesn't require that from everybody. Amen. Amen. Now, he asked Abraham to do that, but you have to understand the culture back then. God didn't, when I made Jesus Lord of my life, he didn't say, now, leave Carolyn. she would have said, you must have heard somebody else. That wasn't God talking. Amen. He didn't ask me to leave my wife. Amen. He didn't ask me. My, both my daughters were very young at the time. I, I came to the Lord in 69. Jerry Ann was born in 68. Terry was born in 69. He didn't say, walk away from your family. 
He didn't even tell me, leave your house. He didn't even tell me to leave or give up my business. I did that on my own. He didn't ask me to, to uh, get rid of my hot rods. He didn't ask me to get rid of, of, uh, of the things that I enjoyed and were passionate about before I came to him. I did that on my own. I said, Lord, I want you to know that you are now number one in my life. All these other things were my God prior to February the 11th, three o'clock in the morning, 1969. And now I'm willing to walk away from that to do what you desire for me to do. I've been living my dream all these years. Now I'm ready to live your dream for me. Amen. And I was willing to do that. Okay. But God didn't make me. Now, some those early days uh, uh, of my beginning uh, of the walk with the Lord, I had Christians tell me things that I had to do and that God wouldn't like me if I didn't. God be upset with me if I didn't. Huh? I remember one time when uh, uh, I was... Uh, getting my car ready for uh, some excitement. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a Sunday morning and I jacked the car up and I was changing the rear end out. And my dad had taught me from a little boy, son, don't get under that car without putting jack stands under it. Amen. Well, I was in a hurry that morning and I just got my floor jack and I raised the car up and I got underneath there and I took the, both the rear wheels off and in a little while I looked up and that jack began to collapse. And this part of my body was hanging outside the car and this much of me was under the car and I saw that car coming down. And the next thing I knew, I'm standing out here looking at that car on the ground. It would have crushed me to death. Now, I believe God caused my angel to get me out of there because there was no way I could have done that that fast, not in the natural. Next thing I know, I'm sitting on the ground looking at that car collapsed. Well, then I made the mistake of telling somebody at church, thinking it was, you know, a good testimony. Yeah. When did you do this? Last Sunday. Uh-huh. You should have been in church. God tried to kill you because you wasn't in church. Amen. How many of you have ever heard, God wrecked your car to teach you something? Are you kidding me? He don't have to wreck your car to teach you something. You wrecked it. Did you learn anything when you wrecked it? <laughs> My Bible says the Holy Ghost is the teacher of the church. If car wrecks and sickness and disease is the teacher of the church, then that makes the devil the teacher of the church. And he's not. The Holy Spirit is. Jesus said, when I send the Holy Spirit, he will lead and guide you into all truth. Can you say amen? So sometimes you just have to learn to turn a deaf ear to some people. And I'm talking about some Christians. Amen. 
So God is promising those who make a commitment, a lifelong commitment. You know, we've had critics that say, well, those prosperity preachers go around saying, if, they'll, if people will give $100, God will give them 1000 back. We're talking about commitment here. We're not talking about trying something. We're not talking about going and picking out one scripture, say, oh, I'll receive a hundredfold. And you are living far from a godly life and you just have need of money and you pick out one scripture and say, oh, if I give, I can promise a hundredfold. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a commitment. We have left all. That's a commitment. We have left all. That's a commitment. An unwavering commitment is what produces the maximum and the highest level attainable. So I want to make that very clear because, you know, I've already had people, you know, write letters. How can you tell people that if 2023 will be a year for the maximum and the highest level attainable? Because the Lord told me to tell people. Not only that, the foundation is right here in the words of Jesus himself. Now, let's listen to this. To experience God's best in your life always requires an unwavering commitment to him and to his word. Commitment involves obedience, determination, focus, and discipline. Commitment involves obedience, determination, focus, and discipline. And many Christians don't like the word discipline. It's a four-letter word to some Christians. Discipline. I hate discipline. And it's obvious that most Christians do not like the word. You know, the word of faith, I believe, is the message that is going to reach the masses in these last days because it works. And there are people finding out right now that their religious tradition is not producing for them. It's going to take the uncompromising word of God to get us over in the days to come. But along with the word of faith, it requires a life of discipline. I see some of you already turned me off again. Discipline. Doesn't it sound like I'm not moved by what I see? Doesn't that sound like discipline? I'm not moved by what I feel? Discipline. I'm not moved by what I hear? Discipline. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe the word of God? Discipline. Amen. It requires a disciplined life. It takes discipline to excel in the life of faith. It takes discipline to make the statement, I'm willing to leave all and then back it. Can you say amen? 
So we're talking about commitment here. We're talking about committed people are entitled to maximum and the highest level attainable. So once again, many Christians don't like the word discipline. And that's the reason some of them don't stay and remain committed. It's only the commitments that we make with our whole heart that causes us to receive all that God desires for us to have and to enjoy. I made a commitment to Carolyn nearly 57 years ago. And I've honored that commitment. There's never been another woman in my life. When I said I do to her, I did and I'm doing. Amen. I'm not interested in another woman. I asked Jesse to plant us one time. I said, Jesse, you and Kathy ever considered divorce? He said, no. Murder, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Only Jesse. We've, we've had our moments. If she'd just agree with me, we'd never have any moments. <laughs> but no. But, but we didn't fall out of love with each other. Amen. So we've kept that commitment that we made July the 15th, 1966, almost 57 years ago. And because of it, we're living a good life. Together, hallelujah. Glory to God. I also made that same commitment to God 54 years ago, that there will be no other gods before you. And I've honored that commitment. And I'm living a good life, hallelujah. God has kept his word. I'm experiencing the maximum and the highest level attainable, praise God. And the best is yet to come. You have to stay focused on the commitments that you make and don't allow Satan to distract you. It seems that when you are on the threshold, and many of you can identify with this, when you're on the threshold of a major breakthrough is when Satan does his best to get you to lose focus, back off your commitment, He'll do everything he possibly can to distract you because he knows if you stay committed, then it's just a matter of time. You're going to receive God's best. God's going to honor that unwavering commitment that you've made. Stay focused. Look at your neighbor and say, stay focused. When you stay focused, then it's not likely that Satan will be able to prevent you from having what God desires for you to have. Staying committed also from time to time involves enduring hardships. How many of you found that out? How many full-time preachers are in here? All right. Have any of you ever gone through some hardships? I won't ask for a show of hands, but did, did, has anyone else ever been through hardships? 
Has anyone ever been tempted to quit, give up, back down, say it's not worth it? We all have those experiences from time to time. And that's just Satan's way to try to get you out of position to experience God's best. Now, if you're, if you're struggling with that right now, then I want to encourage you, hang in there because you've almost got this thing won. When Satan is doing his best day and night, waking you up in the middle of the night, telling you it's not going to work, it's not going to work, it's not going to work, you're a fool for believing it, then that, that, that indicates you've got him right where you want him. He's about to fall. He's about to collapse. And you are going to have your breakthrough. Praise God. What are the qualities that position someone to receive God's best? How can you develop these in your walk with God and move to a higher level of God's blessing and goodness? Today's special offer, The Life God Rewards Package, contains Jerry Savelle's eye-opening book, Every Day a Blessing Day, his mini book, Living Up to God's Expectations for Your Life, and the revealing three-part audio series, The Life God Blesses. So many Christians today want God's best, but they aren't willing to do what it requires. God desires to do above and beyond in your life, but it won't happen automatically. In this package, Jerry teaches why some will miss God's best, what opens the door to blessing, and how prosperity is God's idea. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Life God Rewards special package. Discover the qualities God is looking for and become a person that God loves to bless. Are you enjoying the broadcast? I want to hear from you. Let me know that these messages are being a blessing to you. We are encouraged by your letters and we thank you for taking the time to write to us or calling the ministry and just letting us know that what you're hearing is encouraging you, inspiring you, and we're believing that it's taking your faith to a higher level. We're talking about this broadcast and in some future broadcasts, the life that God rewards. God wants to bless you. God wants to reward you for your faithfulness and you have every right to expect it because that's what the Bible says. God blesses the faithful. If you're one of the faithful, then you can count on being blessed by God. And if you will dare believe it, you can experience blessings from God each and every day of your life. That's part of the resource package we have planned for you this time. My book entitled, Every Day a Blessing Day. Every Day a Blessing Day. I like to say, I get up every morning expecting blessings to come my way in some way. Sometimes they seem to be just small things that happen. Sometimes they are major things that happen. But I get up every day expecting today to be my blessing day. Get up confessing that today is my receiving day. It's my blessing day. Right along with it, three CDs entitled, The Life That God Blesses. How to get in position to receive the blessings of God. He wants to bless you coming in, going out in the city and in the field. Every place you go, God has blessings waiting for you there. And then finally, this little book, Living Up to God's Expectations for Your Life. God wants you to be faithful. He wants you to persevere. He is expecting you to never give up on his promises. And if you determine that you never give up and you refuse to quit, 
then you can expect God to honor your commitment. Amen? So if you're interested in these resources, go to jerryseville.org or just look on the screen right now and all the ordering information is available to you. Place your order right away and be sure to join me again next week as we continue this study on the life that God rewards. I'll see you then.